This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are a sub science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about body dysmorphia. What is it? How is it diagnosed? Is it on the rise? Is it actually more popular in men than women? And there's a lot of science behind the physiology of what it means to have said thing. I said, said wow, <laughs> forceful. It's intense. Um, it is intense, and we'll... and it's thrown around. Yeah, I know. I think that's going to be an interesting part of the conversation. It's yeah. like that term becoming so popularized in some ways is good, and in some ways is bad. But it's really interesting. So excited to chat about it. Also, Pride vibes. Pride's coming. Oh, up, true. Yeah, like... that probably prompted it. <laughs> yeah, but um, also uh, TikTok. There's been talks about like social media and the effects on. Yes, true. Your own perception like of your own body image. yeah your attractiveness um, oh, yeah so I, super interesting speaking of bodies after this i'm getting a massage uh, oh yeah oh, remember the other day when we heard like a seven-year-old gold oh girl that was, was the screaming. best there was in a park <laughs> yeah like did you, i didn't know if you knew what was going no, on no not until you like, told me i just heard a girl going just like yelling but and then you were laughing so hard and i was like what and you were like she was probably like eight and she just kept going can i get it oh yeah <laughs> Can I get an, oh, yeah. And then, like, sometimes someone would be like, oh, yeah. Almost like a mom. But it was so funny. And I was like, kids are hilarious. Yeah, because it's also, it's just like, it wouldn't be, it would be weirder if it was just, like, a 25-year-old girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, can I get an, oh, yeah. (laughs) The fact that it was, like, a young girl makes it Probably, like, seven. And in a park with lots of people. Like, we were just at the tennis courts, okay? We're jocks. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I've been playing so much. I'm exhausted right you now. You are actually a jock, though. You just yes! Came, you no, just, bad. No, you just <laughs> came home and you said, I'm an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because my tire on my back tire on my bike currently is rubbing against the metal so yeah i moved it the other day i was like Greg, i think your brake's broken and then i realized no your tire is completely crooked it's and completely it, crooked it just like rubs fully against the metal so i'm so addicted great to exercise though, i bet that's my <laughs> point is like i'm so addicted to biking that i actually can't give it up because my whole life's built around it like mm. i can't do the plans i need to do because it'll until, take them a long time because they'll like, they'll need it for like two days so i'm like i'm just gonna force myself through it but <laughs> every time i bike 
down a simple road it's like i'm biking up a hill like it's so exhausting because my tire is just rubbing and yeah if you push my bike it's like hard to push right now and i'm still using it because if i don't then i'm going to be late i was moving it with my hands from from like like maybe five meters and was like how do you ride this it feels like you have i don't know how to describe it it just feels like the brakes are on the whole it's time. only been for three days but that's why i was like for the last three days i'm an athlete because every time i bike i'm like holy but shit but you actually are so an athlete because i think you you're like i i'm going for a run and then i go to the gym and then i'm playing tennis and then i'm going canoeing and then i'm biking with my broken bike like you are an athlete hun accept it well, you're a bro. You're a jock. No, but isn't it, no. I guess because of an I picture athlete, I picture like um, team sports, <laughs> which I oh. shy away from. And I picture like, I guess I'm trying to get better at tennis. If you had to pick one category of straight guy, though, it would be jock. Oh, for sure. I love that's like jock. what you would fit. Oh into. my god, I remember when it was like <laughs> you can get a credit and do gym. I was like, yeah, I'm doing gym the whole time, which I think a lot of gay people like shy yeah, away from. I, I was like, why would I not do that? I'm sure we talked about this. I never took a gym class, and I think you like had to to pass high school. Like you didn't I, take. You had to in grade nine. Yeah, and 10. I think I was like, and I'm gonna skirt out of that somehow. I How took drama and music instead. Wait, but you ha- you literally have to take it in grade I nine. Physical health. Really did not take gym so did you not ever get sex ed <laughs> no and i've told you about this i went to a catholic school either way we weren't getting sex ed oh. <laughs> well like we were getting some modified version of it wow yeah <laughs> certainly no condom education i mean it's not i don't think i have body dysmorphia we'll get to it later but i do remember in high school thinking like it was the era of the six pack we are now in the era of the ass but i packs. still want a six pack okay well, <laughs> but i'm just saying think we're just in the era of all of the things <laughs> i remember thinking like everyone would be like david has a six pack and i'd be like fuck and then i was like wait one of the courses i could tick would be running around and doing crunches and then i get a freaking <laughs> credit to maybe get a six pack okay yeah. click that one yeah but weren't you like but then all the scary kids who yell gay slurs at me are going to be in that class no because, because i was gay <laughs> i was gay what in do you gym mean class Sorry, when I when I got to like ch- so was I. No, like I came out. Like when I was like uh, I was like I got to lean into it a little bit more. Because you're like you can't call a gay person gay as an insult. Yeah, sorry, that I, that was a really confusing way. Of you're being like, like but I was gay. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, like I I remember thinking that was grade twelve. Like I'm out. This is gonna be easier. You're right. I don't know. I kind of always had my way around it. I think even doing gym was a way of me being like, see, I'm straight for the one year when I was closeted yeah. and chose gym. I was like, see, obviously I'm not gay because I chose to do wrestling where I got to wrestle other boys. The gayest one. <laughs> um, and you also were a jock. Like you went what? to camp and you did like all the sports. You always tell me how you like beat all the bros at the sports. But it's like, canoeing. Like, is that really a jock? Yeah, canoeing counts. It's really hard. They would beat me at. And you run. That's not jock vibes. That's like. Hey, yeah, it is. No, jock vibes is jock vibes is <laughs> You're in denial. I am in denial, but jock vibes to me is more, um, you know, football, like throw ball, catch ball, <laughs> hit ball. Oh I'm not hitting God. any balls unless with a racket, which is gay. Sure, I did play. Pro- I think I played more sports as a kid than you. Because I, I think like, racket sports into. are gayer. Oh, for sure. Although, has there ever been a gay tennis player? Odd. I, it seems like a gay oh, thing to I'm do. Looking that up, you right grunt now. I and think you there kind is of one. gay. It's really player. sad when you get to that point where you have to go like gay astronaut. There's a like, list of five homosexual tennis players who have achieved a lot of success. 
Casey Delacqua, Lisa Raymond, Gigi Fernandez, Billie Jean. No, no, Are no, they no. all women? <laughs> That's the other thing. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe. Be, that one's yeah. a woman. Woman, woman, woman. Oh. Or that might be a man. I'm not sure. I think that's a woman. Gigi. <laughs> oh, sorry. Just the picture had a man. Oh, yeah. Literally. All women. All women. Oh, my God. So maybe tennis is straight. <laughs> straight man. Interesting. Okay, fine. Um, what? And you I, just say I'm a jock? Yeah. And what would I have been? Um, you are. Oh, I was a theater kid. No, but you oh, also but are jock. No. You, you, okay. I don't know why I'm like meeting you. <laughs> you were really, you're really good at tennis yesterday. You got me running all over the courts. Like I was goddamn <laughs> exhausted. I, I'm not like uncoordinated and I did play sports as a kid, but they were all kind of traumatizing because I was like yeah. in the hockey locker room. Like, don't look at the dicks. Don't look at the dicks. Cause they'll know. They'll know. Oh my God. I can't look. Oh, I can't look there. Just like constant the head speed down. with which like it would get commented on by by my parents and all the other parents how fast I was able to get out of my hockey year because it was like oh. I was just getting out of it whereas all the guys would like hang and like shower and stuff and oh I was just God. like boop 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 I'm done out and would leave that's so cute like it's also sad, scary but it's like it's really cute it's like that's like a sign of your parents if your kid's gay <laughs> if he's rushing the hell out of the change room because it means he's trying Panicked. not to look a dick yeah <laughs> And doesn't know how to socialize with straight guys. Yeah. It hasn't changed to this day, by the way. <laughs> oh, God, I know. Every time a like, fist bump comes towards me, I like hug it. I'm like, was that what I was supposed <laughs> oh to do? Oh, my God, it's so or, true. Or like, I grab it and like, kiss its hand like it's a prince. I'm like, was that wrong? <laughs> yeah, there's so many funny straight ways. And you try to hug and then you can tell the body language is wrong. Like, I'm a hugger. Like, yeah, I'm a hugger. Straight too. guys don't always go. They just like, like punch your chest. the hug. Yeah, yeah. Or they or hit they do your the back one. They so do the one hard. arm. If you go to hug, they they yeah. turn. So it's just. One or they arm. knock the wind out of you, slapping your back to be like, <laughs> make sure you know it's like not. It's sensual. It has to be subtly aggressive. <laughs> All right, shall we move on? Yeah. Oh, what did we learn this week? It ends. <laughs> That's it. Um, I learned about how your brain controls the symptoms of your sickness it's not like the virus making you sick uh, so i really controls the it kind of like just sickness. blew my mind not blew my mind it might be something everyone understands but i was like huh i don't know i want to talk about this because i didn't think about it this way uh-huh. but it's like when you get an infection we could probably even use COVID as an example but yeah let's just use the flu for now mm-hmm. you know COVID, we <laughs> have a bit of COVID. yeah so when you like get sick, like it's evolutionarily beneficial and advantageous to eliminate the pathogens, obviously, and you're trying to increase survival. And the way that you do that is by having a fever, you get lethargic, mm. you get appetite loss so that if it's like anything that like you just ate, you're not eating mm. anything else, yeah. you become warmth seeking. So that's kind of why you get shivers. You have mm-hmm. social withdrawal and increased pain sensitivity. So those are all mm-hmm. things that are like Protective designed to, to like, oh, you're weak, literally go hide, mm-hmm. shiver, find warmth, <laughs> all these things. Shit. And I was like, oh, that's from the, that's from the pathogen. Like that's what it's doing to you. But there, but no, is there specific neurons in your brain that essentially get like triggered through the immune response and through the pathogens that go through the blood brain barrier. And they found like using specific technology, the exact part of the brain that controls the fever, controls the warmth seeking and controls the loss of appetite. Mm -hmm. So it's like your body is like, Oh, I'm sick. And then it causes all those symptoms. For some Uh, reason, I thought all the symptoms were caused from the fact that you 
the pathogen did that to you. Interesting. I, I mean, like, I don't want to brag, but I did kind of know this. But like in this sense, well, I flipped my table. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's obvious. Fine. So you weren't the jock. You were the science nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Not even really. Um, no, I I remember learning at some stage, even like if you have diarrhea, it can be either or. It can be like, is the virus uh, causing this or is your body trying to flush it? I don't know exactly. Like that was given to me like anecdotally from somebody. It wasn't like a science class or something. But sometimes those things, it's like you don't necessarily know which, but your body obviously can create a fever. Um, but there are some things, even I think like, well, no, I don't know. I'm thinking but, of like a runny nose. I think that is your body, like mostly yeah, trying to flush it out. Yeah, yeah. But I always used to think that you're right. It was the virus causing like cells to leak or something like it that. It makes me feel more comforted by my like yeah. shivering and bad fever. It's I like, agree. Yeah. That you're, my like, brain's my doing this working. to help me. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually why it's been part of the conversation of it. Should you take painkillers like uh, anti-inflammatories in particular? Because obviously your huh. body is sending inflammation. Should you be stopping that? Or are you inhibiting your body's response? And I think there's lots of back and forth on like, obviously, if the symptoms are unbearable, you you should take painkillers. Yeah. I'm sorry, this is not medical advice, but I mean, like, even COVID at the beginning, they were like, is it bad to take ibuprofen? But it was like, if it helps you manage your symptoms, maybe, maybe it will increase the length a little bit of your sickness, but like not... You're not like stopping your body from recovering. Yeah. And same with even like hurting your ankle or getting swollen in like a physical like, sense. You, oh. People wonder like, is it, you're obviously your body's trying to heal that area. Yeah. But I think it comes down to like, if you can minimize the pain and minimize movement, like your body is trying to like, it's so, it can be so swollen that I actually think sometimes the blood can pool and stuff that there's different opinions around like what you should do in terms of painkillers but whoa you're a physiologist mm-hmm. okay <laughs> okay yeah no that, that's all i learned something that you knew deep down um, okay mine is also about the immune system whoa mm-hmm. hot button topic these days <sighs> uh in particular about how stress impacts your body what kind of stress life stress so uh, like basically you know as you age your immune system naturally wanes this is called immunosenescence Oh, it's a gorgeous way of saying um, you're getting and, older and going to die. And that is associated with, you know, like cardiovascular disease, cancer, risk of pneumonia. Say it again. Immunosenescence. Immunosenescence. Oh. It's like cellular senescence is also like, like oh, senescence yeah. must just be like a form of death. Yeah. It's like deterioration. <laughs> <Or> like, <laughs> um, so the question that scientists have had, though, is why at the same age can some people have much worse immune uh, systems? Hmm. So like we're both the same age. One of us could have the immune system of a 45-year-old versus, or 20-year-old. Like you can kind of be all over the map. So the study not only was looking at everyday stressors, like just work stress, um, but also, or just everyday stress, but trauma and discrimination. They took blood samples, hmm. they did surveys, they were following these people for a while to like understand like what their lifestyle is and how much stress impacts their immune system. Um, let me see what I wrote here. Uh, so ultimately, people who had more stress had older immune systems. Oh, God. Uh, but... It said, after statistically controlling for poor diet and low exercise, the connection was a lot weaker. Mm. So that was a nice thing to say, like, okay, yes, stress is correlated to immune system function, but in people that are controlling for poor diet, like have healthy diets and are exercising, it's like maybe preventative. Wow, here we are in ASAP Science saying, have a good diet and exercise again. (laughs) But ultimately, they're saying understanding this can help 
like understand age-related health disparities, why some parts of the population people might have much worse immune systems at the same age as their peers. Gotcha. Okay. Just something Whoa. To look at. I guess the immune system is affected like that. Yeah. Also, we don't know like very much about the immune system too. Yeah, it seems I learned so. that a lot in COVID reading all the studies. And <laughs> they're they're like, like, Immunologists are really confused about T cells in general. And you're like, what? It's Fascinating. unbelievable. Oh my gosh. I have to mention something really quick. What? I can't explain it right now, but I need to email someone back because somebody emailed us to help. Oh, the light thing. Like how light wave, like waves of energy can translate into heat. And I just want to say thank you so much. We're going to do an episode on it. I skimmed it and was like, I need to actually like sit down and read this email. But I was like this. I love this. It was somebody who is a physicist and this was an area of expertise. And I just think that's so cool. And I'm so excited to deeply... Or like, you know, maybe not as deeply as they understand it, but like the way they explained it, we will bring this answer to you. Maybe, maybe that person can pop on, give us a little voice note to help explain it. To Corey Rucklin. Oh I yeah, thanks last Corey. Name. But it's so detailed. It's so interesting. And it made me obviously be like, it's okay. You don't understand this. Like, hello. Oh, it's totally. Such complicated and that's physics. what made me think of it. Like you were saying the immune system so complex. Some of those images of him showing different energy states of like, things i was just like i've never learned any of this even in school we should have him on yeah well let's maybe email back and figure that out okay cool cool, cool, cool. <laughs> can be a what did you learn this week a little guest surprise all right we'll take a little break and then we're going to come back and talk about body dysmorphia Blue Lean is focused on creating truly healthy skin on the cellular level. They are the only company with a patent on human aging defender Methylene Blue, which neutralizes skin aging in as little as two to three weeks. Did you know they have a way to keep your skin alive after 25 when your collagen and elastin levels do start to decrease? <laughs> Not that anything else decreases at this age. Wink, wink. Methylene Blue has the unique ability to go through water and fat. It penetrates the human cells and creates skin skin results on the mitochondrial level. That's science, baby. Their latest product, SunFix, is a first-of-its-kind sunscreen made with this powerhouse ingredient, methylene blue. Not only does it reverse the signs of skin aging, but also protects the skin from UVA and UVB radiation, and it's coral reef safe. We reviewed the night cream on our YouTube channel last year and gave it a big thumbs up. It's summertime, so go protect your skin with Blue Lean. You don't want to end up looking leathery on the beach. You can use Side Note 20 for 20% off any of the Blue Lean products. Shop now. Want a toothbrush you can feel good about? Quip inspires and coaches good oral care habits in every mouth while supporting causes you care about during Pride Month. How? For every new limited edition Smile with Pride electric brush purchased, Quip is donating to the Alley Forney Center to help LGBTQ youths. On top of healthy oral care habits, because we love some squeaky clean teeth, you can help support homeless LGBTQ youths. Quip is donating $5 to the Alley Forney Center with every limited edition Pride Electric brush purchased up to $50,000. The Alley Forney Center was founded in 2002 to protect the lives of LGBTQ plus youth from homelessness. Their doors are open 24-7, providing a safe, warm, supportive environment, as well as job readiness training and transitional housing. With electric brushes, you'll be proud to show off. Start, starting at just $25, you won't be paying through the teeth for better oral health. And you can keep what you love coming every three months automatically with refills of brush heads, toothpaste, and more from $5 shipped free. Show your true colors this Pride Month with the new limited edition Smile with Pride electric brush from Quip. Because it's not how you brush or who you brush with, it's that everyone deserves a happy, healthy mouth. 
If you go to getquip.com slash side note right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash side note. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash side note. Quip, the good habits company. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Study time. Study time. Study time. Study time. So I don't think I have body dysmorphia after reading about no, it. No, me either. It's and serious. I think, well, I think, <laughs> I think I wouldn't mind starting this podcast episode by A, saying like we're not therapists, we're not doctors. Like body dysmorphia yeah. is a really serious uh, disorder <sighs> and neither of us have direct experience with it as far as I can tell. I don't think I do. And so this is going to be a casual conversation. I think we will have conversations about body confidence and like our own body yeah. image issues. Body we'll image about. issues. Yeah. Different yes. than body dysmorphia. So this is just like a disclaimer that, you know, we're not here to tell you if you have it, but we'll go through some of the like science and medical literature to talk about what it's like when people have it. And then, yeah, I don't want to like conflate us thinking and having those moments of like body issues, which I still think is worth talking about. And I think a lot of people listening have that sort of casual understanding. Like I think a lot of our friends make jokes about, about having body dysmorphia. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm like, and I never took them seriously. And now I want to be like, oh my God, are you serious? Yeah. Because it's serious. So even just like one fact I'll throw it at the beginning in terms of how it manifests in people. So people who have body dysmorphia think about their body uh, concerns more than one hour a day. But in most cases, as according to like the body dysmorphia um like uh i can't think of the name right now just like organization from the uk they said it's usually five to eight hours a day that you're thinking about it. yeah i read you know what i mean so it's like that's like obviously i don't think about those problems five to eight hours a day yeah yeah like i read in the study that specific one that i thought was most interesting that they said three to eight hours a day Mm -hmm. you're obsessively thinking about the specific flaw in your body and then they said other sort of ways that they'll diagnosis are repetitive behaviors such as excessive mirror checking camouflaging which is like constantly putting makeup over a lot of the times it has to do with skin i didn't realize or Mm. wearing or buying obsessively buying clothes to cover up like some part of your body that you're obsessing over skin picking excessive weightlifting, and then yeah thinking about your body in comparison to others for three to five hours three to eight hours a day that's when i was immediately like okay like I, i i don't have those and it falls on an obsessive compulsive disorders like when they define them like i don't i don't have those diagnoses so then i was like okay like i 
don't know if I've ever said I have body dysmorphia, but now I know I wouldn't make that joke necessarily, but I definitely know that our friends talk about it and say they have a lot. And now I want to actually ask them. Yeah. Well, I think, okay, so this is, I kind of mentioned this at the beginning of the other section of the pod that like in some ways it's a good thing. Like this term has become so much more accessible, right? So I think there's not a lot of research or studies on it. A lot of it is linked to OCD research as it's like, seems to be linked as separate from say like depression and anxiety mm-hmm. as a disorder. Um, but for a long time, like people who have this disorder wouldn't have been able to classify themselves. They wouldn't have known. Doctors would have even just said like, oh, you just lack self-confidence or you, you know, maybe you're depressed <laughs> yeah. or those kind of things. So the fact that it's become such a common term uh, and not to conflate a different issue, but even it reminds me of something like ADHD, like so many more people are aware that that's something they could have. And as a result, I think a lot of people actually say, oh, it's my ADHD when they're not actually diagnosed with ADHD. It's more of like a common, not to be confused with the bird I love, the common turn, (laughs) but it's more of a common turn. Yeah. And that's a great thing that the general public, especially people who have this or of course, there's a scale of these things, right? Like there's people who have extreme body dysmorphia. And then there's probably people who fall on a different level of the scale. And so I think it is great to have a term. But as a result, people may more casually say like, oh, I negatively thought about my body once today. I have body dysmorphia. Yeah. You know, or like, I wish I was more jacked or I wish I could lose a little fat. Like those things are not body dysmorphia. And in fact, I can guarantee everyone's had those kind of thoughts. Yeah. In the same way where like with ADHD, sometimes you're like, oh, I just can't focus or I'm over like understimulated or overstimulated. Like that doesn't mean you have ADHD. And so in both of these cases, I think you work with a medical professional, you get the proper test to find a proper diagnosis. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was definitely like when I read about it, way more intense than the way that has been thrown around. Especially amongst us gay men coming up on Pride. Well, okay, here's the difference. And I think we should always delineate the line when we're talking about our own body confidence. I think that's like a term we can use. Body confidence, self, although self-esteem, I have studies, are linked to body dysmorphia. But self-esteem, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, in especially the gay community, and and I know this like is pervasive around all media and culture, like heterosexual as well. But I think for sure in the gay community, there is this obsession with body, with being high hyper masculine body with, audio, audio. <laughs> with being ripped and like you can see it like on instagram in the media on grinder in places where like in clubs of course there's body diversity across the queer community but there is this weird pressure to be like extremely fit or at least often i won't say everyone but often that extremely fit subgroup excludes other groups yeah right where that's it, more of it you know what i that's mean more that's there more are, like cathartic way to put it <laughs> well, I think that's true. I think like, of course, there might be people who like, don't want to be with jacked people. But I think in general, like, like for myself, and this isn't to like, like pump myself up, but like, of course, I like find jacked guys attractive, but I find lots of guys attractive. Said you know it before, I mean? jacked guy, red flag. You got a lot of talking to do to prove to me you ain't dumb in the head. True. It's like a starting point. But I do think that as gay, we always say <laughs> as gay, that it's, like, I think this is a huge issue for everyone because mm-hmm. even now, more than ever, when I'm on TikTok, they're showing me the straight guys bouncing and mm-hmm. they're jacked. They're showing me yeah. the hot girls bouncing and they're unbelievably attracted to the point where both men and women, I'm like, where? what's real? What's fake? Like, mm-hmm. I don't like I, I obviously understand there's a big issue in the queer community worth talking about. 
But for my worldview, I'm like, I'm so aware of that, that sometimes I'm like, it's also a huge issue, I think, for straight people, too. Oh, totally, like, yeah. I think a lot of straight guys... Have that pressure Have as that well. pressure. I don't know. This is so weird, but I went on... We walked by a date yesterday, and, like, I just looked at the straight couple, and I was just like, good God, that must be hard. <laughs> like, I just, like, <laughs> I could tell it was a Tinder date, you know? You can just tell... The, the vibes mean, like, all are dating off. Is hard. Oh, okay. You felt like it's But not, I just mean the girl working. was like so hot. Like the guy had like a different sort of vibe look to him that I just could only imagine there was so much physical assessment going on mm -hmm. that I just think it's like I'm so hyper aware of like the gay issues yeah. and the gay community. And I think we've been talking a lot about it because it's pride. But I'm like, I think this is like just as bad for straight people do now more than ever. Like, I just feel like there's such a pressure for men to be jacked. There's such a pressure for women to look a certain way as yeah. always. Like, sometimes you think these things are going to evolve. And I just feel like they're not evolving as quickly as I like had thought. Yeah, because you hear, I mean, first I'll say, obviously, we have such a male perspective because we're yeah. gay men and we're like, we find men attractive for the most part. Also, I will, I will say this is, interesting of the three studies i read two found that body dysmorphia has had higher proportion in men than women oh which i thought was interesting one was the other the, way around that i had heard it was actually mostly women but pretty close to 50 50 yeah no and that, i think i read that one too but okay. i found one which was a survey of a specific university where it was 14.7 percent of men and 12.3 percent of women oh actually sorry opposite for that one have have it dysmorphia? had body dysmorphia based on these surveys and so their point was that maybe it's heightened in university settings they were trying to make huh. a, a case for like stress and self-esteem being really challenging in those years fair and they did a survey with specific questions to find out that body dysmorphia mm. was higher whereas this other larger ones sorry in that one actually women did have it higher i, I made a mistake and the other two i read one was like a general consensus of america it was very close much lower around the normal amounts which is 2.5 percent around there and uh, men were higher than women oh yeah what well, i had read that two percent of the population is, yeah is like estimated to have body dysmorphia so disorder. that was that's like sort of when they do overarching surveys of, of adults but mm. this specific At survey university. on one university so take with that what you will found really high rates and their point was that maybe right after puberty in that young age getting sort of mm -hmm. thrust into this academic world you maybe are just dealing with more self-esteem issues yeah and that's like the about. first maybe not the first time but you're certainly like becoming sexualized and you're certainly becoming like i was an adult so going gone through puberty now you have access to like potentially <laughs> having sex that like maybe you immediately become more self-conscious i was so when i was in university like all i was focused on was having a fucking party like and doing well at school like i was obsessed with science and then like poisoning my body like i so i i don't remember that much pressure at the time but i, I don't know if maybe i was like i, I will say like, I don't think this will be too personal, but I vividly remember because like when we started dating in university, I at first remember being not embarrassed to like be naked in front of you or anything like that. I think a lot of like my body shame might come from like an, a Catholic upbringing of just like naked bodies. <laughs> we rag on the Catholic church. Or I just mean like, you know, to be fair, a lot of people grow up with the idea that like nudity is actually shameful. Whereas yeah. some people grow up in you the idea. You still have that. Yesterday yeah. you ran... 
we were naked at our like <laughs> house and you like went well because like, you're like near a window i was like i'm truly naked all the time that was less my own shame and more like I, they're like having a nice dinner oh you saw the way you ran i was like is that just because no, we're near there was a window people, like uh, eating dinner on their like little uh, thing and i was like they can definitely see i me. love that's what that's when i bend <laughs> over and show hole just to be like oh, oh my god you want a little dessert oh greg <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, now I lost track. <laughs> you were saying that you had a hard time oh, showing your body then. Like yeah. I think no. What I remember vividly is the feeling of finally feeling comfortable just being naked in front of you when we weren't oh, hanging out. That's cool. Or sorry, not when we weren't, when oh. we weren't hanging out. When we what? weren't hooking up. Okay. So like there was a period of like we'd hook up and then I'd probably put my clothes back on right away. Ew. And then once we were like fully a couple and dating, I remember being like, oh my God, like I don't care. Like I can be naked yeah. and, and like actually it doesn't matter <laughs> what I look like right now because he's obviously with me. You know Yesterday I mean? we were filming some video where I had to like drop an apple into frame. I was fully naked and I was really worried that like my schlong and balls were going like, to like coming on fly. Camera. Like I don't, I don't like wearing clothes. Um, so yeah, I, I don't remember that. That's interesting. Cause maybe you've never even told me that. And I just, I yeah, like it wasn't like that. a crazy moment, but it, it's similar to like, and this is also like kind of sexual and intense if like our families are listening, but what, <laughs> no, like I think this happens to a lot of people. When I hit university and I finally came out and we started dating, it was the first time I was like, I can have sex whenever I want. This is crazy. Yeah, that is an interesting You know what I mean? When thought, you're young, yeah. especially when you're gay, you don't really get to like explore that much. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one off here and there something happens. But yeah. then I was like, Oh my God. Just like whenever we want, we can have it. Yeah. This. It's very, fel the Felicity, the TV show coming true. <laughs> so that's what, when I finally was like, Oh my gosh, I don't have to feel insecure about my body. Yeah. Cause like I have proof that you're staying with me and it has nothing to do with my body. They also said that body dysmorphia likely comes about and like, they are thinking you could start to diagnose it at the age of 12 or 13, like super young mm -hmm. is when they think it formally starts to happen. And we'll get into the physiology of like your brain and what that means later, but not ever really diagnosed until thirties, the thirties. And that's similar to when I was talking about, I made a video about hypersexuality disorder. And when we we're talking about horniness, same thing, they think hypersexuality starts in your teens but is not usually diagnosed or really mm -hmm. thought of until you're like, like late thirties. Yeah. Cause there are these things that are like really taboo and life is complicated. And I think once you are on the planet for long enough, you start to go like, wait a second, <laughs> maybe this is more of a disorder than I realized. Right. Actually, I don't know. This is the thing. It's like, I've never had body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. So maybe it has plagued you for so long and you're just not able to say anything about it because of like shame or whatever, yeah, but or both hypersexuality and body dysmorphia I think have a lot of shame around them because mm -hmm. they're not like things that Super they're sort vulnerable. of things we all struggle with maybe. And don't, I don't know why, but they just feel like they got shamey vibes. Why? Yeah, I guess you're right. Everyone <laughs> obviously has, has to look at themselves. And yeah. so you might just think, is this what everyone goes through? Yeah. Like if you have severe body dysmorphia, you might just be like, but I don't know, like when you're transitioning into teenage years and finally thinking about it, you're not thinking about that perspective of like, is mine much worse? Like, is this yeah. a disorder? And at that point too, you just, you're too young to really think about it. And even things. like, for example, they use diagnosis as camouflaging. That's obsessive. They say, obs again, they use all these diagnosis terms to say that three to eight hours, you said somewhere between two to five hours, something long five to, periods five of to eight. five to eight hours a day are being thought of these things. But it's not like I haven't thought about when I try on a shirt mm -hmm. somewhere, I look at my body and go, oh, that one makes my 
ass look big. Like, right. like well, you my kind belly of, stick out. Or, or, oh yeah. yeah, no, that's not like flattering for this part of my body. So like, may like you, we all have those experiences. They're normal. That's what you do sometimes when you go shopping with your friends. So it's when it's that's taken to an extreme that mm. you might have body dysmorphia. So maybe sometimes make the jokes like people make jokes like, oh, I have body dysmorphia because maybe they're trying on all these things and mm. they're constantly looking at one part of them. But maybe then they go and get a coffee and don't think about it again. And it's a total of half an hour that they've thought right. about it. And therefore now maybe you're not falling into this term that we are using a lot. Mm. But I, it is like I honestly want to like talk with all of my friends about this. It's true. Yeah, it's such an interesting thing to like classify ob- something. We keep saying obviously so much, but I think we're just trying to be careful. Not like it's just interesting to talk about body confidence. I'll say that. And yeah. like vulnerability in terms of like self-image. And that doesn't have to be you hating your body, but it can still just be like feeling insecure about your body. And it can, right? it can I think, ebb and flow, too. Yeah. And what I think the disorder difference is, is that you obsess also over things that are often objectively either not there or very minor. Yeah. Right. And true. so it's also different if you maybe have something that is objectively like a giant scar or something like that, that you yeah. might feel insecure about. Okay. There's like a genuine thing there that you will have to work through and process. But a lot of times body dysmorphia is, it's difficult for family and friends because they don't see it. Yeah, like, that's you, very You just look great. Point. You look normal. Yeah. You might even look like so good to them. Yeah. You know? In fact, I'll talk about bodybuilding a little later. And it is like even people who look amazing still have these like issues around their own bodies and feeling inadequate. The fact that the highest proportion of it I was reading about was skin and hair. Yeah, I never even thought, thought that about that. was interesting right. because I just assumed it was, yeah, getting jacked, body mm-hmm. weight, getting like a big belly, ass. Like... Like hot girl like, tits. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just picturing all those things. But that made me be like, wow, that's really interesting. Like something mm-hmm. to do with your skin and hair is like probably a lot more harder to control, harder for other people to relate to. I don't know. Yeah. But that that's when I was like, whoa, okay, I don't have this. Something I saw that was interesting um, about risk factors in terms of personality types like that uh, could help you understand who is likely to get this. Uh, even though there's not that much research, they were like, it is often people who have high performance brains, who have extreme eye for huh. detail. Uh, yes. People can often tell shades of color more specifically who have um, body dysmorphia. Like, wow. I guess because they're, it, it's like they're, where, it said something about like the brain, the visual processing parts of the brain are more hyperactive. Yeah. So, like, that's one thing. Yeah. It's called the, frontostriatal and the temporal parietal occipital parts of the brain. So they've actually studied people with body dysmorphia and found that those parts of their brain are essentially there's more neurons there. The brain maps are more pronounced and exactly those are the parts of your brain that are involved with visual, visual processing and in processing detail. So that's like a really interesting way of being like, you could suffer from this. Like it's not your fault. Like mm-hmm. your brain is actually built differently. And then also there are genetic, comp- they, they think there's a strong genetic correlation. So they've done twi- twin studies and they were, when I read them, I was like, I don't know, they weren't very good, but they like found heritability, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> but there was one that was like, if you have, um, it was like a direct relative with body dysmorphia, you're eight times more likely than normal to have body hmm. dysmorphia. So there's genetic components, there's physiological brain changes, and on top of that, there is a lot of psychological studies that you maybe had trauma yeah. growing up. And it, it can be a response to like that. Like even being bullied or teased yeah. or abused. Or even yeah. neglected too. Yeah. Like those things manifest themselves 
in your life in different ways and body dysmorphia can be one of them too. So like if you had a specific traumatic event in your childhood, it would also be worth talking to your doctor about the fact that you would have a higher likelihood of having body dysmorphia if you thought you might have it. Right. Yeah. I think it is just like, it's so interesting because I obviously always want to think about this through my own lens because I'm absolutely self-obsessed, but uh, it's just even, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just like trying to still be lighthearted even though we're like talking about something serious that neither of us have. Um, but even like, I, I, I notice these small things, like definitely am more of like perfectionist vibes than you and I think I'm like visually aware of things, but I don't consider myself to have body dysmorphia, especially after But you do? Yeah, like I guess but if like, you were to like define attention to detail like you and I definitely do think about these things I couldn't quantify it as more than an hour so because of that I'd be like I really don't think this like it doesn't um you think about your body image or about what yeah like I I can become hyper aware of minor things in my body or even like truly I sit like this in the video podcast because I feel like oh I can see like my rules when I sit totally open like little things like that I always look at you I'm like you never have that um so well I pull my pants up over my roll (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you're right. Everyone has it. And also, you know I mean? like everyone's body is different. That, I camouflage. Or I, I try to camouflage. Maybe, yeah. You maybe know what I mean? In some ways. I, I wear nerd. I like... No, I'm just like, yeah, I'm trying... Like, again, I don't think my body is more... Yeah. Everyone does. But I like... Yeah. you. Everyone has their thing. Like, I um, pull my pants up high <laughs> to cover my, like, love handles, like, nerd vibes when I'm wearing, like, shorts and no shirt. I think all this is proving is that, like, everyone does these things <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we don't have body dysmorphia. And, yeah, and I kind of, I almost do it now, like, sometimes I'll, like, pull my shorts down to the normal part and be like, that looks so much better. But it's like, <laughs> at some point, I just decided that was the better thing to do. But now I'm like, no, you just look like a weird nerd. Your hand, <laughs> your pants are hot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. even like I actually am looking at myself when I do mm-hmm. it. It's, like, compulsive in that sense. Something that stood out to me... Um, was that something like depression often has a course. Like, yes, people can be depressed for very long periods of time and can be anxious and go on meds. But often in studies, like after six months, people will feel less depressed where it's like OCD and um, body dysmorphia are very often like very long-term conditions that people deal with for many, many years, decades, can go through treatment. And a lot of the treatments are... And the studies around treatments and their success is not around getting rid of it so much as just like, like managing uh, it or improving the symptoms. Yeah. And I guess that's like many um, mental health disorders. Like you can't always get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. And, and depression would be the same, but it's just in studies oftentimes with treatment, like depression will take its course and then people will have like relief from it. Wow. Fudge the yeah. calls. Um, so I was thinking about the treatment of it, if we can talk about that a yeah. little bit. Yeah, like some things I had seen is that they do use high-dose antidepressants, like SSRIs. SSRIs, right? Well, you have to get diagnosed with those, but yeah. Yeah, oh, of course. This is for people who have been yeah, like, don't diagnosed. Yeah, don't just like, go get your hands on them. Um, and obviously cognitive behavioral therapy is a big one, but that's focused on reducing avoidance, like reducing self-focused attention or externalizing attention. And mental activities that help you learn to stop comparing and analyzing so much. This is when social media comes in and it's bad. So there are studies that are like, they think that high social media use can actually be a precursor to body dysmorphia Mm. because it's a little bit chicken or the egg in the sense that 
they have found that people who use social media more are more likely to have lower self-esteem, but they can't tell if it's like the lower self-esteem is use social media more. But they, there are many studies on this now because we're in the age of social media is bad. And like they just, it's good to sometimes like have reasons like, like science, psychological reasons why that <laughs> is the case. And then one specific study did see a decrease in self-esteem and self-image with an increase in social media mm. use, like actively, like they've made people use it more. Right. And then they do feel like self-esteem, low self-esteem is a precursor to body dysmorphia. So they're trying to like parse this out because a lot of what you do is obsessively compare yourself to others, which is kind of what social media is. Like if you're going on social media and pretending that you're like just there to enjoy everyone's life and not compare yourself to others, like you're lying to yourself. And then on top of that, like who knows, it could be causing it. I'm sorry. I was Are you like, okay? literally putting the AC on because it's so hot in here. Oh, it oh, is wow. like 37 degrees. And I was just like, I'm melting in it. You like never go on your phone. I was like, we just got a text that like everything's over. There's an <laughs> no, asteroid coming. I can control it from my phone. And I was just like, I'm actually melting. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ignore you there. I was just like, uh, I forget what I was talking about. But you I'm sure it was super media. profound. Just it take that in and move media on. media and the use of it and how like it can make it work. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, I think that pressure is on everyone. But of course, if you're predisposed or somebody who's already having these issues, that's just going to inflame it even more, I think. Yeah. And so I think like you can't, it's never going to help to use or be on social media if you have body dysmorphia. And even I do feel period. like filters you know and like I mean? everything like, are just going to make don't. a mess. And I wonder, it would be interesting. I didn't see anything about this, but the incidence of body dysmorphia is it increasing as social media becomes so prevalent as we see these image this imagery every second yeah. of the day body dysmorphia is increasing again from like surveys but then it's hard to tell if it's just becoming popular like better at diagnosing yeah, yeah. Like so it's like, too early to really understand if it's just the proper diagnosis now but it's honestly just like personal just like we can all understand why it's like if a big part of it is comparing your body to others we now have so many ways to do that and i just think like Instagram's porn like TikTok mm -hmm. is porn like mm -hmm. pornographic like in the sense that like even more pornographic for like body image because at least in porn they get bent all over and you get to see them bang each other like, oh like my on God. Instagram it's like an insane pose I mean I'm and not it's sure just like that <laughs> one is helping more than the other no I just mean one's like very sexual and the other is almost more like body comparative right yeah like, it's, it's like, like not always about when I'm watching mm -hmm. porn I'm not necessarily like oh look at their bodies in the same way as like when I guy on instagram is just like look at my body mm. like in greece look at me body in speedo as yeah. i kind of tort contort my body you're in right. the perfect way and photos in particular like you're finding the best light you're finding the perfect way Not and it's that they insane. don't do that in videos and porn but but it's like that's my point is it's like body. yeah and at some point they're like they have to perform for you a little bit and i'm like now nah, the body's in like a weird situation that's <laughs> not just like the perfect abs like i it's so weird how instagram there's, there's bodies I see in real life and then there's bodies on Instagram and TikTok yeah. and they're honestly different. Like It is crazy. Yeah. It really messes your brain up for, for thinking what is normal. Normal. And sometimes in real life, I see people who work out every day of their life and then you're like, they don't even have those bodies. Like or, they're probably not taking steroids or like enhancers to help them get those crazy bodies or it's the wrong lighting circumstance. Exactly. That's what I think. Sometimes I see like I'll, I've seen an influencer who's sort of OnlyFans vibes that's on Twitter. Wow. It's like an alien would be like, 
Is this English? <laughs> I've seen an influencer whose only fan fans vibes on Twitter porn energy <laughs> in real life in Toronto, and it was shocking because it was like he just does amazing photos of himself. He has the most incredible body. He he looks six four. Saw him in real life. He would have walked by. Would have thought nothing. I want to know so bad. After I'll this tell you after. You it's me. like yeah, but it's like he he like lives near us, and I was just like, oh my god. Like right. sometimes I think about like the, <laughs> the photos I take of myself, and I'm like, Craig, you need to like go to a course or something. Like it's like you can make yourself look amazing. Yeah, like, I don't know how, but I know you're setting a way. up for disappointment. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's like, I'm not trying to say like I was disappointed seeing him in real life. I was actually more like, damn, like mm. y'all got a setup. That's yeah. good. And I can only assume so many influencers. I bet it happens in LA all the time. Actually, it happens when I see celeb- when I see celebrities in real life because we've been in situations. I'm like, oh my god, they look so weird. Like sometimes you see their filler up close, and you're just <laughs> like, that's so weird in real life. But under the right sort of camera on that filler kind of works but in real life it's from the yeah. side you're like you're an alien that's true but you're like it or even even like for men and women on in makeup filler can look totally different but without it then you're like whoa oh i also read an intense study that made me sad which was like that we need to have like body dysmorphia almost like regulation and consultants in cosmetic surgery mm. places and that like cosmetic surgeons need to be really versed in body dysmorphia right. but i'm like there's no way cosmetic surgeons like sorry not to drag them like i'm maybe they sh- would be like you're being really unfair right now mm. but i'm like when i think about their business model especially in a country like canada where we have public health care but not for cosmetic surgery they're trying to make money Right. So, but still, you're you're probably right in some ways, but of course, there's probably cosmetic yeah. surgeons that are also like, but I want my clients to have a healthy life. Yeah. Like, yes, I want to. Like, I would <laughs> hope that most cosmetic surgeons are also trying to like give people something that can make them happier. But if, if it's hard it to was, diagnose, then, right? Like, if it's yeah. underdiagnosed, if it's something that we're not talking about, the point of the article was like, we need to almost have like body dysmorphia like guidelines and mm-hmm. surveys prior to cosmetic surgery mm-hmm. like is there a way that we can set up like some sort of field work where we can understand like this is going to be okay or this is just another extreme version of trying to camouflage the thing that is your brain the, has yeah. created that's not actually a flaw well that, i don't actually, know that's a tough one if i can go into my other study because okay. i think it relates yeah. to this it's about bodybuilding but how you were like is there maybe something else like maybe not getting the surgery maybe not getting these muscles is like maybe something else is what's gonna make you feel happier okay yeah. i think is kind of what this study was trying to address so okay. um i just want to start with the caveat that the study mentioned at the end which is like it does not imply that bodybuilding is unhealthy so like I'm not saying bodybuilding is unhealthy. Yeah. But bodybuilders... Bodybuilding is weird. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. (laughs) Bodybuilders are particularly likely to experience muscle dysphoria. And that's the one that's very pronounced amongst men. (laughs) Um, Exactly. Yeah. And so... Muscle, what is it? Dysmorphia. Dysmorphia. Muscle dysmorphia. Yeah. Um, And so, which has also been linked to many other health conditions, like mental health conditions, anxiety, depression, suicide attempts, substance abuse. So that's why this study was like, it's worth looking into like what is happening. And I thought this was interesting. I hope I can explain it well, but using like a psychological theory called the basic psychological needs theory, which obviously is just like psychology. It's like a structure, which they understand things. Yeah. They consider that there's like three things everyone needs to be, uh, high functioning and mentally healthy okay. and that is autonomy competence and relatedness are the terms that autonomy 
competence and, and relatedness. relatedness. Relatedness in particular yeah, is like connectedness to other people. So being able to relate, connect. Okay. Um, and so what's the, can you go through each one? Do you know each one? Like kind of what that No, means? but autonomy would obviously be like having your own sense of who you are, being able to yeah. do the things you want in your life. Feeling and, like you have, yeah. you your life has like an impact and you're able to sort of like create you make those choices. Own, make yeah. Those choices and Competence is like your ability to do things. Like yes. feeling like you are good yes. at something. Okay. Right? And then feeling like you have relationships that you're connected with other people. This is like, whoa, my, those are good. Yeah, but this is obviously like about. my 101 explanation of it, which like, I'm not a psychologist. I just read. No, belief. but that's because I'm feeling weird right now. And I think it's the competence is what's lacking. Yeah, it's a nice life. perspective. It's like, oh, which one is like lacking? It's like, oh, I definitely think I have autonomy because I kind of feel like I make decisions and then things happen. I, I've always felt that I have a lot of freedom in my life, but there's something about competence right now. I'm so bored and mm. I'm just kind of derailed, but we're going to keep going okay. But I'm like, I'm so bored and I don't want to do work. <laughs> and then that, therefore you like don't have the ability to feel competent Yeah, totally. because work That's sometimes makes you feel competent. Mm -hmm. Even though we uh, hate capitalism and drag <laughs> and drag, like it can give you a working sense on this podcast. It's like, yeah, 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 sorry. So continue. Work doesn't have to be capitalist either, right? Like people can yes. do things like you can have hobbies that. Yeah. It makes me be like, I need to go do something. That yeah. I'm gonna. <laughs> so the idea behind this theory is that like frustration of any of these three needs can lead to maladaptive strategies. Like you yeah. can be trying to find extrinsic, like uh, what do you say? Like goals or compensating by finding rigid behavior patterns or mm. right. Like you can change your life to try and fulfill needs that are actually being neglected somewhere else. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so the study was looking to see if muscle building and dysmorphia was correlated with a lack of these needs. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm like, like it okay. probably is. Uh, yes. Okay. So <laughs> it says that in particular, sorry, subjects need frustration predicted their drive for masculinity. So after they surveyed, I think it was like two or 300 men who were bodybuilders, the ones that, um, had these need frustrations that were evaluated to be lacking these were more likely to be driven by getting more muscular hmm. and in turn that predicted if they were more likely to have body dysmorphia. I immediately feel so bad. Why? About making fun of jacked people for being like boring and oh. like bad at Yeah, no, you that's know fair. what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. I'm like, I I oh my God. I'm like, I've literally made well, fun of them because I'm like I sometimes meet Jack people and it's like, you're lacking relatedness. Maybe. And I'm like no, making right. a joke because it feels easy to make fun of them because it's yeah. like punching up. Like jacked right. white people at the beach exist all over the like Toronto <laughs> gate. And there's like, of course I'm going to make fun of them. But when I talk to them, I'm like, huh. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, oh my God, it's because maybe they're suffering from their relatedness. Well, it goes back to that idea that all negativity <laughs> comes from insecurity. Yeah, not that not that having yeah. a, like a nice body always, is negativity, like, but that idea that like yeah. a lot of the qualities you might not like in someone else, unless it's your own insecurity, might be their insecurity. I need to remember that more. That's always how I would like help us cope with all the like homophobia on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I was I knew it so deeply. I'd be like, oh well, they're all just mad, and I feel like I've forgotten about it. But I'm like, I forgot. Yeah, no, that. it's a nice way to at least protect yourself too from feeling damaged from other. Oh my god, like when you see a jacked guy, it's like, oh. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I can see that in myself oh like my it, the motivation to look good obviously yeah. comes from wanting validation yeah. right not for everyone yeah. sometimes it is totally health sometimes it is just like feeling good mentally good mobility like there's lots of reasons to be physically active but for a lot of people it's validation yeah right? for it's sure to feel seen yeah um and so that was related to this and so relatedness or that connectedness was the biggest need that really? was being lacked that significantly significantly predicted their body dysmorphia 
wow. through the drive for muscularity. Okay, does okay whoa whoa that's all that all is making so much sense in my brain <laughs> but i'm just fo focusing on like cishet gay culture um but i'm like trying to just like zoom out and be like okay but then then i'm like then i'm like if you're if you is it those jacked guys that i'm like completely just at this point like no one listened to what i'm saying even though it's a podcast <laughs> but like is it like that those jacked guys are more likely to have muscle dysphoria dysmorphia yeah. dysmorphia sorry like is it That's is it what sort the of premise like premise of the study was that bodybuilders have a okay. higher rate okay. of muscle sorry. dysmorphia wow. than like the average okay person. that's so interesting because i think that's what i was like and that's why they're saying, like, A, remember the mm. beginning, bodybuilding is not intrinsically unhealthy. There are lots of people wow. who do it and have healthy motivations wow. and healthy relationships to these uh, psychological needs. <sighs> but they found that many of, like, a percentage of these people had these, like, need frustrations. And they were often linked to connectedness or relatedness. Wow. And then that was directly correlated to having a higher likelihood of muscle dysmorphia. Oh, my God. Now I feel so bad about being one of all these gay circuit gays because I'm like, it's, they're gay. Like, yeah, it's and also it's a coping hard. strategy. Like, it's yeah, literally like, their had final, shame. Like, you're not being related to people, like, your whole life. And then you're getting jacked. And it's like, now I have so much sympathy. It's so much more than even <laughs> oh, just no. jacked. Like, it's hard. It's like... Think it, it says their final quote was like to cope with need frustration. Individuals may be oriented towards extrinsic goals such as perfect body, fame, and wealth. So those things as well, fame and wealth, unrelated to body yeah. dysmorphia. You look at people who are like always chasing money, always chasing success. It's maybe because they're not fulfilled in a different way that they're trying to like find a way to feel satisfied feel happy feel that's loved, feel so like that's so like where i'm at right now mm -hmm. i really feel like i've been so satisfied in my life with so many things and just in the last two weeks where i've been a little down i've been like i'm not satisfied and then i'm literally thinking about i mean i don't really think about <laughs> yeah i am i'm thinking about literally my body not necessarily my body but like fame like those things are haunting me a little like way more than ever yeah because i'm not feeling competent Sorry, it's like it's. I don't the relatedness. I'm like all good. I think. Yeah, like, you're like, really good at that. I like, no, no. I just mean like I like hanging out with people, and I I feel very blessed that I always quite feel I feel quite connected to people. But what was the a ton? I I have a ton. Yeah, I'm just going back to derailing again about this competence thing. Uh, I mean, I need, I what is it? What do you do? Like you like if you want to be more relatedness to someone, you've to what like find people who you relate to and hang out with them. I mean, yeah, you probably just know. need to like. Put a little more focus into family and friends and finding relationships, which, like anything else, can be hard. Like, yeah. Like going to the gym for someone who doesn't exercise is a very challenging experience to make a habit. I would assume relatedness to people is challenging for a lot of yeah. people. They might hang out with someone and be like, that was awkward. I didn't like connect with yeah. them. I don't know how to feel. And it's like you have to put effort and work into that. Same with autonomy. Like, And again, this is one sort of like psychological theory framework yes okay, so yeah, like fine. that's also another caveat that these all exist obviously that's been like studied and researched but there's like a whole bunch of self-determination theories like these are all of them you can see on my page and whoa this was just one of them the basic needs theory yeah exactly i like it though like it's just like fun to learn these things because you can like think about them for your own life yeah and i and, think like, it is like anything at the very least a framework to think through yeah. for yourself and to be like huh Am I doing these for reasons that are 
quote unquote healthy, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that are not correlated in studies with outcomes that show maybe I will be dissatisfied always with this. What's also interesting when I think about like, even you being <laughs> the beginning, being like, Greg, you're an athlete. Like I find that this time of year, I always work out so much more, but it's mostly because like I bike everywhere and like mm-hmm. you can play tennis outside and like, I get so happy doing those things and like, I really enjoy them. But then at the same time, I'm like, but what is it that you're ignoring? Like, I find that sometimes like everyone gets seasonal affective disorder Mm -hmm. and I obviously get sad, but I find I'm always like, it's not that bad because I think in the winter I have a lot more time to kind of like be creative and be solemn and like do these things that like maybe I ignore in the summer because I'm literally being so physically like Mm -hmm. I'm almost like. You know what I mean? Like you're doing these things that are good. I'm not saying it's bad to be physically active, but like anything in life, there's only a finite amount of time. Other things go to the wayside. For me, it's like reading and yeah. creativity and these things that I like go to in the winter to, to cope. Like still with. Yeah. The, that are actually like kind of what make me feel here. competent. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they kind of like, it's when I create something that I'm like, wow, I, I did that. Whereas when I play a tennis game, I'm kind of like, that was fun. Yeah, but, but you can become competent at that. And, and it can yeah, bring like, I think like sports are an amazing, especially team sports or at least sports where, like tennis, you're still playing against someone and building a relationship. Totally. I think that it's an amazing way to be active that isn't hyper-focused on yeah. like how you're perceived from the outside yeah. for the most part. Cause going like then like going to the gym, which we both do and like lifting weights is also really interesting because yeah, it's all about getting the more, bigger. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like obviously oh, sorry. building muscle but the innate, is a like, health response, but you're right. Both of us innate, are like, Oh, I want to look like fit. I want to yeah. like, feel good. Look and, good. And to what end is like what I think I'm starting to get to now mm-hmm. as I become, as I like look in the mirror and I'm like, okay, well I've never looked like this before. So when do you stop? stop? Like, yeah. honestly, like, it's interesting because it's mm-hmm. like, I can obviously continually look at someone who is more fit than me. Mm-hmm. But now I'm actually like, oh my God, Greg, like you, you're, what are you trying to? Achieve? Yeah. You look away that like, if you could have thought of when you were young, you'd be so happy and pleased. So like, how do you sort of navigate that mm-hmm. is, is not like. I don't know. How it, to no, it's a that. fair question. I think is that's that, yeah, why. Like, is that a really that's annoying question? Wh- I'm like, no, 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 no. I I'm think, so proud of my honey. No, and I, I think okay. a lot of people. <laughs> like, have I kind of want to like this. shoot myself right now. No, that. I don't think it's <laughs> okay. a problem to talk about. Like, obviously, you're. We're both in a privileged position to be able to have that be a thing that we get to think about. Like, lots of people yes. don't have time for the gym. Lots of people have crazy, yeah. stressful lives with yeah. kids and whatever. Like, they, there's yeah. lots of reasons why people. Yeah, we're bored, honey. <laughs> 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 So <laughs> what I'm saying though is oh, I've lost track of what I was saying. Oh, sorry. Now I was like, I'm going to shoot myself or like even asking this question. You're like, no, no, it's okay to think about when you're going to stop. Like, Oh, I guess it's like, Oh, I lost it. I'm just thinking, I don't think that's that shameful. I think like everyone starts and it's easy to be propelled by goals, but I think everyone who especially bodybuilds or even say you're like trying to run a faster mile or pushing yourself to run a marathon you're always going to hit the point where you're like i did it what's it for now and i think that is a good opportunity to explore what is this for for. like how can i make it can it be meaningful without those things that are (laughs) external validation when i get to tell everyone yeah because i'm so bad at validation like i hate like recently like 
some literal stranger after tennis, like this one guy, like don't know that well, was just like, "You look jacked," and I like crumbled. I was like, <laughs> "I was like, hi, you look jacked. You bigger than me, boy. You're bigger." And he was just like, "Okay, yeah, I've been doing push-ups too." I was like, "Yeah, you big boy," and like walked away because it was like, "Wait, no, I think like." He was probably like, oh, I'm going to validate him. Mm -hmm. Like, that's probably what he wants. And it's like, it's so funny because it's like, obviously I want validation. Everyone does. But it's another thing I need to learn about is how to take in validation. Mm -hmm. Because at a certain point, that is probably why we're all doing so many Mm -hmm. things. And it's like important to learn how to take it in. And and it did make me feel good. And I think I came home and like told you. Mm -hmm. I almost had to get the validation later by being like, guess what someone's had? Processing it later. Yeah, yeah. but it's like, that's also annoying. If I actually could have processed it in the moment, I wouldn't have to come home and like brag to you that it happened. (laughs) You know what I mean? I would have been like, thank you. Like I've- Take it in Like there's obviously something there too where like if I'm gonna ever reach a point where I feel- I don't know. This ever life's just a quest for contentment. Maybe there's something there where I need to learn how to like take things in. Like, and that's an, yeah, some people might, or, or I don't know. I mean, you're right. It's a hard question of like, do, is it about learning how to take it in or realizing like that in the first place, the external validation is not what you're doing it for. I yeah. mean, maybe it is like partially. So maybe you feel weird about that, but like, ultimately it can be neither here nor there when someone compliments you just being like thanks and moving on because that might not be your goal but it is so hard obviously so many people that are working out want to look good and it's like human nature to want to look good and like be attractive to other people and also like be good at stuff so it's hard to just be like no you should be just fully contented only caring about yourself, not caring at all what anyone else thinks. Like this yeah. is a thing that I don't think can really be very realistic. Yeah. And it's not like maybe that healthy to even tell someone to not care at all what other people think. Yeah. Okay. But I, so I don't know where I'm landing with that, but it's just like, if you did have this, like if you just knew you were just doing it to be healthy, it probably would phase you less. Yeah. And I, and I think that's like, what's interesting is I think a majority of like, what I'm doing right now is because it's healthy. It involves hanging out with people like canoeing and tennis and all these mm-hmm. things, but it's the, it's the lifting weights at the gym thing. That is like, mm-hmm. it makes me feel really good. I will say like I have endorphins after I always feel good, but I'm always like, no, this one's leading down a path of something else. It can. Yeah. It's like I um, think it's valid- important to say that like strength or- training is very healthy. Right. Yes. So, like, yes. And I, and I exactly in the same way yeah. cardio is like that. Is especially like in elderly people, like strength training can help with so many things. But it's like, kind of not stopping. Yeah, you're right. It's like, it's like okay, too, now we're going to another yeah. weight. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, do I want that <laughs> weight? Like, I don't know. Like, it's kind of weird. And there's a lot of validation, yeah. a lot of like people at the gym now going like, gains bro like to oh me like and i'm God. like wait am i all of a sudden in this world like i don't want to be in this world but i like enjoy this <laughs> and then you like, can also find your own plateau intentionally yeah. And say, yes yeah that's what i'm more I'm like kind of here. curious and it makes about. me feel good to work out and and then i'm happy with the way i look and that's like very amazing obviously yeah. we're on a podcast about body dysmorphia like yeah. just think of the privilege i think like yeah, you're yeah. so good at writing like a gratitude journal every morning that it's mm. like that's probably really helpful for people who don't have body dysmorphia to just be like, yeah. I look at the things I have in my life, including my able body, including my body that's like relatively fit or like that I have the ability to put it where I want and work on it if I want to. And there are some people who suffer from conditions that their minds 
plague them about. You know? I'm like so annoying. I so don't have body dysmorphia. Like I like always <laughs> look in the don't. mirror and I'm like, you're hot. <laughs> <laughs> like in the most annoying way. Like no matter where I've been in my life, like skinniest, like whatever thing, I'm always like sick, bro. <laughs> yeah, you like, have like extreme self-confidence. <laughs> no, I know, but like that could be something else. Like maybe we need something about that. Like it's I don't know. Sometimes I'm like No, I think it's a really just, no, it's what we talked about last time. I'm not self-aware. <laughs> I have a lack of self-aware. Awareness. I'm covered in sunscreen. There's a booger in my nose, and I'm like, "You're hot." <laughs> and I it's like, that's, "That's not so." <laughs> ignorance is bliss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an ignorant, unself-aware person. <sighs> Ding. I think like that's a fine note to end this on. I okay. was only gonna add like, obviously, if you think you suffer from body's dysmorphia, yeah. like again, we're not the source to learn about it from in terms no. of like you should talk to your doctor or a therapist. There are lots of resources online if you just type in body dysmorphia disorder. There's organizations that have support have and links. ways to find out. Like there's online diagnostic mm -hmm. tests you can just take from home, and it'll also help you understand like where you fall. Yeah, and I think it's worth just thinking yeah, about if if, if for it sure calls to you like. It's easy to laugh off some for some people, but also even sharing this podcast with people who say that mm -hmm. they have it be or sorry, having a conversation with people who say that they have it, depending on their tone, you know, like, and what, you know, are, is it a glass right. of wine? Or are you getting deep? Because that's what I kind of have thought about a lot. And why we thought about this is I've been hearing it said a lot. Mm -hmm. And now I'm sort of like, A, am I not taking it seriously? Right enough or, or are we all not taking casually. it seriously yeah yeah um so then it's like now you can either bring up this conversation or send this podcast to people and be like oh this is like you know the sort of deep dive on it like either we keep talking about this because you might have it mm -hmm. or we also assess where we're at and have the cool conversations we just have with each other these are like great conversations to have with everyone because i think we're all suffering from this in the social media age and maybe even forever mm -hmm. maybe even hunter gatherers were like i don't know probably not but whatever <laughs> it's like it's a plague of our existence kind of as intellectual beings right now that it's like worth talking to friends and family about this stuff yeah. okay next week might be who knows how light makes heat on your skin <laughs> actually i have to read that like 48 times before i understand it slash or it might just be about like farts who knows all right thanks for listening we'll see you next week Purse. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. 